All right, welcome in to the AI podcast, week number 90. Austin Coates, live in Kansas City, Missouri, fresh off a work trip to the wonderful, uh, abysmally cold state of Colorado. Back to a, a likewise cold location, Isaiah in Nashville, Tennessee. Isaiah, this is the, uh, I was about to say this is the first episode of the new year, but I would be wrong. Would be. Uh, we're on number two of the. And yeah, like you said, it is cold, but it's getting co- It's going to get colder here in Nashville. I know it's going to be about zero degrees Saturday in Kansas City. Uh, but yeah, we've got a low of two next Tuesday here in Nashville. So unusually cold here uh, out east. Winter is officially upon us with that. And. Uh, Isaiah, it is the time of the year that we have longed for uh, since the start of the football season, and that is playoff time. Uh, All the ups and downs of the regular season can be thrown out the window now, Uh, and now it is time for the playoffs. But first, Isaiah, the Chiefs were triumphant with the B team (laughs) on Sunday in, in uh, not San Diego, in Los Angeles. Um, the biggest thing that happened is uh, Chris Jones, uh, to quote himself, I'm just trying to make up the money that I lost. Yeah, he, uh, he went in and got his sack. Uh, he stayed in pretty long, too, to uh, Over half the sack. game. Uh, he hit Easton Stick four times. It seemed like Easton kept escaping him. He would get close, and Easton would just somehow get away. Um, but he got the sack. He made his, what, extra million bucks. And uh, Chiefs walk out of there with a victory, thanks mainly to, uh, once again, the defense. Even the B-team defense car- carries. The- yeah, scoop and score by Mike Edwards in the first half. First quarter, actually, like a 94-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Uh, it was pretty awesome to see. Um, and here, here's another thing I say. Chris Jones can make an additional million dollars if the Chiefs even make it to the Super Bowl. So uh, I assume on top of normal, we'll be seeing some inspired football by Stone Cold down the stretch. Uh, but before we get to talking about these playoff games... It's time for us to dish out some awards, I think, for what we consider to be the offensive and defensive players of the year, as well as the offense and defensive rookies of the year. So, Isaiah, let's start with the rookies on the offensive side. And I'm curious to see, I know who I'm going to give the answer to, and I wonder if we're in agreement on this. So who's your offensive rookie of the year? I mean, to me, it's C.J. Stroud running away. I mean, he was phenomenal this year. Um, He showed rare accuracy as a rookie. Um, He only had five interceptions on the season. That's something you don't see out of rookie quarterbacks. Typically, they're going to be intercepted more as the speed of the game is just different. But um, it looks like C.J. Stroud for most of the year was playing faster than everybody else around him. Um, truly incredible uh, season out of him. Quickly took a Texans team that picked second overall 
to a playoff spot and did it in a must-win game, you know, win-or-go-home game against Indianapolis, so on the road. So awesome rookie year by him. Um, you do also have to mention Puka Nakua, mm, um, yeah. who broke the longtime rookie receiving record that's stood for, like, I forget, something like 60 years. Um that got got set by a guy I don't even know the name of. He was but, a mailman during the week. Yeah. So Nakua definitely deserves some love, and I would not hate it if he won rookie of the year, but for me it's Stroud. Yeah, we know this is a quarterback-driven league, and I'm in agreement. C.J. Stroud, um, let's just put it this way, Isaiah. C.J. Stroud made some plays down the stretch that I'm not saying he's going to be Mahomes, but the improv that Stroud showed on some occasions to make plays when he needed to reminded me a lot of Mahomes coming into the league. Um, he's got a great arm as well. I mean, he even did it. He lost Tank Dell. He lost um, the other receiver. Um, his name escapes me right now. Nico um, Collins. Yes. And so he's been doing it with Dalton Schultz <laughs> at tight end. And a couple other guys really performing well led that team to a division title, as you mentioned. So, I mean, he's got to take it for me. And how do you think the Panthers feel right about now uh, drafting Bryce Young? And I think it was pretty obvious uh, from the way that Frank Reich was talking was that it was not 100% his choice to take Bryce Young. But C.J. Stroud, at least in his first year, put it to bed that you can't draft an Ohio State quarterback uh, and be successful. And uh, he's had instant success, and I look uh, for him to continue to build on that. Now, flip it around to the defensive side, and you might be a little surprised with my decision here for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think one of the obvious choices would be Jalen Carter. Um out of Georgia playing with the Eagles. But I'm going to go with Brian Branch, cornerback uh, for the Lions. If you remember, he started off his NFL career with a 50-yard pick six courte- uh, courtesy of Kadarius Tony's hands um, against the Chiefs. He had two other interceptions this year. Um, really solid defensive back for that Detroit Lions defense that has been in rebuild mode and has been better this year than they were last. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where he lands on the tackles list within his team, but it, looking at his pro football reference, he appears to be putting up consistent numbers in the six to seven range of tackles per game. Um, and doesn't look like he has any sacks Um, But, I mean, three interceptions, one touchdown. I would say it's a pretty good rookie season and a forced fumble. Yeah, no, that's a a great pick. Branch was all over the place for the Lions. Um, Great young safety out of Alabama. Uh, Played played awesome this year. Um, I I have to give it to another Texan. Um, Will Anderson Jr., um, I believe he led rookies in sacks with seven. played very well he really i think he really came on towards the end of the year um and yeah really also helped turn around this defense 
a lot of people questioned uh, when they traded back up for Will Anderson. They gave up this year's first round pick um, for the right to take Will Anderson at number three. And it looks like that's paid off because now they have really two cornerstones on both sides of the ball in CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. Um, so an awesome job by that front office to get those two and get this team turned around so quickly. Yeah. And you know, prior to this season, we discussed the fact that the AFC South was going to be Jacksonville's division for the foreseeable future. Uh, we might want to revise that statement after this year <laughs> to, to open it up a little bit more to the Colts who will be getting Anthony Richardson back and the Texans who are going to be fresh off a playoff run. So NFL, not for long. That's true. That is true. Uh, now on to the offensive and defensive player of the year. Let's start on the offensive side. And, you know, typically the MVP is for, you know, for better or for worse, almost reserved for a quarterback. Um, so with that being said, my offensive player of the year is not a quarterback. Uh, it is going to be Mr. Tyreek Hill, uh, which were it not for an ankle injury, would have had a real shot at breaking Calvin Johnson's single season receiving record. Uh, as it stands right now, Tyreek Hill finished with 1,799 yards, which is good for seventh all time behind guys like Justin Jefferson from last year, Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh days, Jerry Rice, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, and Calvin Johnston. And I know, you know, this this award is only supposed to be based on this year, but think about what we said about Tyree Kill when he got traded from the Chiefs. I think we both said that his numbers were going to decline uh, with the fact that Tua was his quarterback, but that has not been the case whatsoever. And he has stayed a dynamic weapon in that Miami offense. So for me, Tyree Kill gets the award. No, I'm absolutely with you. On Tyree Kill, to me, he's the runaway offensive player of the year. He won't be unanimous because there's guys like C.D. Lamb um, and Chris McCaffrey that also had outstanding um, years. But um, Tyreek, to me, was just incredible this season. What he did for that Dolphins offense um, and just a couple stats here. Uh, CeeDee Lamb had 135 catches and put up uh, 50 fewer yards than Tyreek Hill. Um, and Tyreek had, what, yeah, 16 fewer catches than CeeDee, but had 50 more yards. Um, same amount of catches as Amon Ross St. Brown and had almost 300 more yards. Um, 13 touchdowns, 29 big plays, so 29 29 receptions of 20 yards or more. Um, only one fumble loss on the year. Hmm. 650 yards after the catch. 83 first downs to lead all receivers. So just, which I don't know what that turns out to be. But yeah, we, we gotta, I got to do some math right quick. Should have that ready. But yeah, almost, yeah, 70% of Tyreek Hill's catches resulted in the first down. Good I mean, 
you know, it, it almost makes me sick, especially now seeing what the Chiefs offense has become. Oh, but you, you didn't have to bring that up. <laughs> but I mean, think about what we got in return on the defensive side. I mean, we won a championship without him, so we know it's possible, and it has not been pretty this year. Um, that is a fact. But I would say it worked out for both sides in some form or fashion. And now on to the defensive player of the year. I'm going to let you go first, but I think we might be thinking the same thing here again. Yeah. Um, to me, it is Miles Garrett. Um, he was a just force of nature this season. He finished with 14 sacks, um, 17 tackles for loss, um, three passes deflected. Uh, I don't have PFF pulled up, so I don't I don't have their subscriptions. So I don't know um, his number of pressures, but I know that it was through the roof, and he affected the game. There's a reason the Browns' defense was incredible. There's a reason this team went to the playoffs comfortably with um, while starting four different quarterbacks. Um, well, they actually. They, they started five, if you count Jeff, Jeff Driscoll's last, last appearance. Um, but, yeah, Miles Garrett and that defense were incredible all year long, and uh, Miles was a big part of that. Um, he is just different with how he moves, how he can bull rush, and um, every week – Whenever a team's playing the Browns, I guarantee the coaching staff their their first thought is how are we going to deal um, with number ninety five? And whenever you can say that about another team's player, you know that's the best guy on that team. And um, to me, he was the best defensive player this year. Well, I'm gonna have to disagree. I thought we were on the same page, but alas, we're not. I'm taking TJ Watt uh, with my pick here. Isaiah, only two players in NFL history have recorded multiple 19-plus sack seasons, and they both have the same last name, TJ and JJ Watt. (laughs) And uh, TJ did it again this year. He had one interception. He had one, two, three, four forced fumbles. He had one, two, three fumble recoveries, and to include his bevy of sacks, and it's unfortunate that he was injured in the final game of the year because we talked about it beforehand. Pittsburgh uh, could really muck this game up against Buffalo, and he would have been a huge part of that. Um, So it's unfortunate that he is done for the year, but Miles Garrett cornerstone of that Browns defense and has been for years but my selection's got to go to TJ Watt so there you have it and before we get to the picks of the week let's discuss this Chiefs game in detail so Isaiah Lamar Jackson MVP uh, yeah I mean I agree I agree as well uh he he kind (laughs) of ran away with it at the end it turns yeah. out when your team puts up like 50 points a game for a couple of weeks that you're probably going to win MVP when it's, you know, a tight race down the stretch. But so the Dolphins 
They lose on Sunday night. They come to Kansas City on Saturday. It's going to be sub-zero temperatures. Uh, and I might add, the Dolphins have never played it in a game where it was colder than zero in their franchise's history, um, which is just about as long as the Chiefs. And the Dolphins are 0-10 in games played where the temperature is beneath 20 degrees, I believe. So this is going to be a a battle, I think. And the Chiefs are going to have to rely on their defense heavily in this game. Um, Devon Achan did not play in that game in Germany. And Isaiah, I don't know if you looked up the stats for Achan, but at one point the dude was averaging like 10 yards a carry. Yep. <laughs> he just busted off long run after long run, and he had some pretty good runs against that Bills defense um, as well. And it looks like Raheem Mostert's going to play. So the Chiefs have got to limit the run on first and second down and set him more passing situations where they can get to Tua. Because I think the Bills showed that if you can pressure him, he will miss people that are open. And, I mean, that happened in the Chiefs game in Germany as well. So, my key to this game is the defense coming to play like they have all year long and uh, really stopping the run, focusing on first and second downs and getting after the quarterback in passing situations. Yeah, and a difference in this game is really going to be the Dolphins' defense as well. Um, in the game in Germany, uh, Jalen Phillips had a sack. Bradley Chubb had a sack. Ginkle, Jerome Baker each had a couple tackles. All four of those guys will not be playing um, against the Chiefs as they are out. Um, the Dolphins asked Justin Houston to get off his couch and come play for them because that's where they're at. Um, they have to bring guys off the street to come in, rush the passer, which Justin Houston revenge game, question mark. Interesting. Um, but the Dolphins defense is very banged up. Meanwhile, the Chiefs defense is actually pretty healthy. And... Um, Guys like Waddle and Mostert on the Dolphins' offense are, are banged up. They didn't even play last week. So it'll be interest, interesting to see, even if they do suit up, what kind of impact they'll be able to have, especially in a zero-degree game where you're really, your body's really feeling those aches and pains. Um, and I love what the Chiefs' defense did in Frankfurt. Um They've got the Dolphins into 12 third downs and held them to three for 12 on third down. Obviously, the Chiefs offense struggled in that game as well. Really, the only thing the Dolphins had going was Mostert, and he really didn't get going until the second half, I believe. Um, And uh, what the Chiefs are going to have to do in this game, I think, is get Pacheco heavily involved. Um I think this is a 20-plus touch game for Pacheco, um, especially if the Dolphins decide to put Jalen Ramsey on Travis Kelsey, which I think that would be their best use of him, if not putting him in the slot to try and um, get him more involved in trying to stop the run because um, 
I would not be surprised if they did that because they don't, I mean, you don't need to waste a guy like Ramsey on MBS. You don't need to put Ramsey on Rasheed Rice to defend against screen passes. Um, they can put anybody out there. I mean, I like, I like Rasheed. He's going to be a, a great player, but I mean, Dolphins, Dolphins corners can handle Rashi Rice at this point in his career. So um, I really expect this to be a big Isaiah Pacheco game. Yeah, I would think so too. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs are without Jarek McKinnon for the rest of the year. Hopefully they'll have CEH for this game as well. And they just need to break the will of that Dolphins defense. Keep Mahomes on the field and run the football. Andy Reid, if you're listening, which I know you're not, do not try and outsmart yourself. If the run is working, oh. just keep running until they keep, prove they can stop it. The ball. If they can't stop it, I don't want to see Mahomes dropping back, you know, 30, 40 times. You know what I mean? Run the football, break their will. That's how we win this game. So we'll get to our official pick a little later on. Now it's time for the picks of the week. Best time of the year. We get to go through all the playoff games for you here. So first up, we're going in order with the exception of the Chiefs game. We start Super Super Wild Card Weekend off with the Browns at the Texans. The Texans coming off a dramatic victory in Indianapolis thanks to the hands of the Colts running back uh, for dropping that pass that would have probably put them in a good position to win the game. Texans, nobody, and I mean nobody, picked this team to be in the playoffs at the beginning of the year. But as we mentioned, C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, Will Anderson, they have them there. They're playing at home, but Isaiah, they're playing a Browns team that is great on defense and led by a resurgent and elite quarterback named Joseph Flacco. Who's winning this game? You are absolutely right. Um, Joe Flacco will take the Browns to the divisional round. Um, The last time these two teams played on Christmas Eve, um, a guy named Amari Cooper had 265 yards and embarrassed this Texans defense. Um... Even with Joe Flacco throwing two picks in this game, the Browns won that game handily. They were up by 29 points going into the fourth quarter. Um, Grand, that was Davis Mills at quarterback for the Texans that week. But even with Stroud, I think his defense can handle the Texans. And obviously we saw the offense um, have their will with the Texans defense. So I, I like the Browns on the road. I agree. Uh, you, you cannot, there's one thing that is irreplaceable in the playoffs and that is experience. And the Browns have that at the quarterback position. Now the Browns did make a divisional round game a couple years ago. Um, if you remember at the hand and fell at the hands of the chiefs, just barely. So they have players on that team who have played, in the playoffs. And so that's going to benefit them. Uh, Although they are on the road, they are favorites in this game. And I agree that they will move on to the next round. Sunday at noon, 
the Pittsburgh Steelers head up to Orchard Park to play the Bills. Bills win their fourth straight AFC East with a victory against Miami last week. The Steelers had to win against Baltimore. They did, and then they needed some help along the way. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I really think the Steelers mucked this game up defensively and forced Josh Allen into some poor decisions. But at the end of the day, I just don't think that offense is going to be able to do enough against this Buffalo defense. The line in this game is 10 points in favor of the Bills, which is a lot considering the Bills offense has really not been playing well uh, the last couple of weeks. I mean, for crying out loud, they almost got beat by the Easton Stick-led Chargers um, with their full roster. And so I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. Um, but I do think that it's going to be a grinded out game and the Steelers are going to cover the 10 points. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I could easily see a world where Pittsburgh wins this game. Oh, I would love even that. Without, even without TJ Watt, um, just because of how Josh Allen's turned the ball over this year. And actually the Steelers offense has played quite well. Uh, with Mason Rudolph, they've been running the ball a lot better. Uh, they've been getting George Pickens involved. Um, will that magic come to an end in Orchard Park? I think that's very possible. Um, but it's Mike Tomlin, the Steelers. Set it before the year. They were going to make. They were going to make it another not losing season. They're in the playoffs yet again. Um, and I expect it to be a close game. Don't be surprised if Pittsburgh wins, but I like Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, if the Bills were to lose this game, regardless of what happens in the Chiefs game, I would laugh so hard. I just would. <laughs> I've been seeing it from their fans on Twitter for days, and I would laugh so hard. Um, but moving on to the 3-30 game, it is the Mike McCarthy Bowl. The Green Bay Packers are going to Dallas to play the Cowboys. And Isaiah, you got two quarterbacks in this game that are really playing good football. I mean, Dak Prescott has had a good year. Jordan Love, I think, is turning out to be the guy for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he showed it against the Chiefs, and he showed it the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, however, the Dallas Cowboys are on fire, <laughs> in my opinion, the last couple of weeks. Um, that connection between Prescott and CeeDee Lamb is outstanding. And um, Dallas does not lose at home. But we know how they are in the playoffs. Questionable things happen. The line in this game is 7.5 in favor of the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win, but it's going to be close. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to move on to the next round. Yeah, see, I'm I'm opposite on this. Ooh. I think the Cowboys are going to blow the Packers out. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Packers last five games lost at the Giants, um, lost at home against Tampa Bay, barely beat the Carolina Panthers. Uh, beat the Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall Vikings, and then sneak past Chicago Bears. And Dallas, we said we mentioned C. Lamb, uh, potential offensive player of the year candidate. 
Dak Prescott. If it weren't for Lamar Jackson, he'd probably be the MVP. Um, and uh, this Packers team, you know, it's awesome in the mid-playoffs with Jordan Love. Um, very young team outside of Aaron Jones. Uh, a lot of rookies making contributions. And I think Dallas experience shows up in this game. Um, I think Micah Parsons wreaks havoc. Um, and that Dallas wins this one by 10 plus. Moving on to the night game, which I think is by far the most intriguing, maybe the second most intriguing behind the Chiefs game of the week. The Rams go to Detroit. Matthew Stafford is going to play in the first home playoff game for the Detroit Lions in 30 years. Except he is not going to be wearing a Lions uniform. And uh, let's just say I think the Detroit Lions got screwed out of being the two seed in this case. And in which they would have had to play, what, the Packers, I guess. um, Thanks to that game against Dallas. But uh, the Lions are favored by three in this game. But the Rams... They've been playing well down the stretch, Isaiah, and I'm going to go out on a limb and put the Lions on upset alert in this game. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to tick off Detroit fans by leading the Rams to victory in his old home with the likes of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. And I think the Rams are going to surprise some people and move on to the NFC Divisional Round. You know, I could easily see that. Um, you know, both of Detroit's coordinators are hot coaching candidates right now, which I'm not going to use the final play on this, but the NFL should not allow interviews until after the playoffs. It's a distraction. It is such a distraction to try and prepare for a head coaching interview, the biggest job opportunity of your life, and you're also preparing for one of the biggest games of your life. You cannot do both. It is such a joke. Um, so please get rid of that NFL. Like, just don't allow coaching hires until after the Super Bowl. Like, or like maybe the week of the Pro Bowl, like allow. But it, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take the Lions here. Uh, there, sh- there should be no player will be more motivated in this game than Jared Goff who Sean McVay basically said, I can't win with this guy <laughs> um, and kicked him out the door. He was, he was basically a throw in for the Matt Stafford deal. Uh, the Rams gave up what two firsts for Stafford. Oh, and by the way, yeah, you can have Jared Goff too. Um, so yeah, I think Jared's going to be pretty motivated in this game. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator has done an awesome job with him. Amater St. Brown, both both the Lions running backs have been great. Sam Laporta, uh, he might not play in this game. He got hurt uh, in that game against Minnesota. Um, but, yeah, I like the Lions at home. All right, final game is on Monday night, which, by the way, let's just establish that having – Playoff football on three consecutive days is amazing. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles 
who are in a bad way right now are heading on the road to play the, uh, the NFC South champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in a rematch of the wildcard game just a few years ago when Tom Brady led the Bucs past the Eagles in the wildcard game. Isaiah, the Eagles are trending in a really bad direction. Uh, A.J. Brown goes down with some type of a leg injury last week. Devonta Smith did not play. Jalen Hurts dislocates his throwing uh, a finger on his throwing hand. Um, there is all kinds of pressure on this Philadelphia team right now from their fans, and you can kind of feel the tension uh, from their media interviews that is in that locker room. And quite frankly, that is a recipe for disaster in my opinion. And it's been going on pretty much ever since they left Kansas City with a victory. Um, and so I'm going to take the Bucks in this game. Baker Mayfield has played nice all year. Mike Evans continues to produce. And he's got Rashad White as well. The defense is not the same uh, that, you know, went up against the Chiefs, but they're serviceable. And if Baker is mistake-free, I think they ride in this game. And they're underdogs at home, uh, which I was, uh, you know, I, I get it. The Eagles are the Eagles. They've got some great players on offense. Their defense is lacking, in my opinion. Uh, but the Eagles were favored in this game. And I'm going to take the other side and go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game and move on. I am absolutely with you. I don't. I don't think the Eagles should be favored in this game. I think that's a mistake. Um, you know, I'd say Bucks minus two, Bucks minus one. I mean, at least it should be a pick'em. Like, uh, especially with how the Eagles have been playing. Um, and Todd Bowles, the Bucks head coach, they uh, embarrassed the Eagles a couple of years back in that playoff game. Really shut. Jalen Hurts out after Jalen Hurts had looked great in the regular season. Um, and yeah, as you said, the Eagles have been kind of falling apart here. Um, they were down 24 nothing at half to the New York Giants um, led by Tyrod Taylor. And they were playing their starters. Like, they eventually they pulled Jalen Hurts and everybody else because they were out of the game. Like, they pulled everybody because they were not going to win. We're not going to win. They just they pulled their starters because they were not going to win the game. They lost to the Cardinals at home the week before that. Um, and they were up big. And yeah, the Cardinals dominated them offensively um, in that game. Ran the ball all over the Eagles. And yeah, I I just I would not be surprised if this game gets ugly like i could see the buccaneers kind of stomping on them um would not be surprised now again eagles have you know they do have potential on offense you know there are some pieces on that defensive line but just the way they've been playing i i have no signs of encouragement from the eagles as of late so i like the bucks so there you have it that's the picks of the week, and uh, you know we'll see who ends up going to San Francisco and Baltimore as well. Lowest seeds remaining after this week will head to those respective cities. Now it is time for the Chiefs pick, and Isaiah, the the entire Chiefs season comes down to this game and this game only. 
There's no other game that matters more than the one that's in front of them. And the Chiefs cannot catch themselves looking forward to another week. Uh, when the schedule came out back in May or whatever, uh, and we saw that the Chiefs would be playing the Dolphins in Germany, there was some disappointment that Tyreek Hill would not make his return to Arrowhead. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have that now. <laughs> And it's going to be in the friendly confines of Arrowhead Stadium with a wind chill of negative 15. And I just don't think it, and you know, maybe this is kind of biased to say, I just don't think that a team from a warm weather environment is going to be successful in such a cold game. Um, Now, if they run the ball effectively, sure, the Dolphins can win this game. Um but I like the Chiefs to win this game and beat the Dolphins for the second time in two months. And I'd like for them to cover the four and a half as well and move on to, as both of us have picked, Patrick Mahomes' first ever road playoff game in Buffalo, New York. Um, Should the Chiefs and Bills both win, that'll be the case next week. I'm taking the Chiefs. You know, I've said for the past few weeks that it doesn't matter who they play. The Chiefs are going to lose their first playoff game. And here I am, a clown, back to believing that the Chiefs are, in fact, going to win this game. Um, the Dolphins are just so banged up on defense. I talked about it earlier. Uh, they're missing Bradley Chubb. They're missing Jalen Phillips. They're missing Andrew Van Ginkle. They're missing Jerome Baker. Uh, I think they've got at least five starters out. You know, Waddle and Mostert both banged up. They couldn't even play last week. And um, like you said, cold weather's going to be a factor. The Dolphins are, what, 0-10 and games below 20 degrees. So, and Mahomes obviously has experience playing in those cold weather games at home at Arrowhead. I like that to show up here. Um, strength of this team is the defense. They showed that in Germany against the Dolphins. I think that shows up here in the playoffs. And despite how awful this offense has been, they're going to find a way to win a playoff game here in 2024. There you have it. So the Chiefs will win. And Isaiah, I think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes' first ever road playoff game next week. But we'll see about that. We'll see how things shake out. That'll do it for us this week. Isaiah, it is time to get to the final play. Take us home. And he has forgotten what he was going to talk about. I just I just went blank. I went completely blank. Oh, nope. Here it is. Because of how frustrated I was with the Tennessee Titans and their incompetence with Mike Vrabel. Um, You fire a coach after you trade away a guy that Mike Vrabel said would not be traded as long as he was the coach there. And what do they do? They trade away A.J. Brown. They replace him with a guy named Traylon Burks and another third-round pick named Malik Willis, um, who has since been replaced by Will Levis. And Will Levis was hurt, and they went back to Ryan Tannehill, a guy that is on his way out of town. Well, they, they didn't even 
entertain the thought of Malik Willis, not even put him out there as like, oh, maybe he's trade bait. Um, and give Brable a bottom five roster, an awful offensive line, and he still coaxes, what, five, six wins out of this team, and they choose to fire him. Not the personnel department. Well, they did fire the previous GM, um, but I just feel like they use Vrabel as a scapegoat um, for poor personnel decisions. I think Vrabel got the most out of what he was given. I think they are making a huge mistake. I don't care who they hire next. Um, Titans will be awful next year. You heard it here first. Also, would be remiss not to mention the GOAT, Nick Saban, retired today. Um, best to ever do it at college football.